Alrighty. So, episode one, season two, that's what I'm going to call this because it's been so long <laughs> in between just getting these done. So, today I am joined by Faye Sheridan. So, just a little bit of a background. Faye did my eight week course, AWPT eight week course, then went through the six month mentorship. She is an integrative women's health specialist. Did I get that correct? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'll go with specialist. Yes. <laughs> specialist. And uh, specializing in periods and the menstrual cycle. And we have been designing the next AWPT course all about the menstrual cycle. Yeah. And that's going to be coming out shortly, sort of October, November. But I just wanted to introduce Faye and and let Faye, I guess, tell us a little bit about herself and, you know, where she sort of came from and what sort of interested you in what you're doing now. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for that introduction. You're welcome. <laughs> Makes me feel I'm getting very better special. at them. Season two, I should be better at them. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess I have been in the industry for about eight years as a personal trainer. And then I got my clients to track their menstrual cycle way back when. I don't even know why. <laughs> I was like, okay, there's this thing that happens once a month. I know that it impacts women to what degree. And you know nothing about like the physiology or anything like that. I just thought I'm going to get my clients to track their cycle because sometimes they come in on the gym floor and some people are like mush when they're, you know, due for their period and then some are... Uh, you know, there was, there was, there was this, it varied from woman to woman. So I was like, okay, let's track our cycle, see how you feel when you come onto the gym floor, let me know where you are in your cycle. And then we can kind of alter our training. And that was just real, super intuitive. I don't know why I did it, but I just did it. I had that, like, now that I think about it, I had this thing, there was always like, it always seemed like every three weeks, someone would there would just be something yeah like I I had the same thing where like with clients it was like we'd make lots of progress for three weeks and then like on the fourth week it would just be like they'd be like eh, not feeling yeah. good and then I thought like what am I doing wrong or like why aren't they making progress um or we always just seem to like come up to this this like bottleneck yeah in their progress so amazing yeah. how like I know, we didn't even know <laughs> but like it's yeah, yeah. Intuitive. and it was so um yeah, it was crazy. So I had my clients tracking their cycle. I would change their programming um, around their cycle and how they were feeling. Um, and then a couple of years later, I started getting into more of the health um, component of health and fitness because I feel like when personal trainers start out, it's very much the programming side of things and the nutrition side of things. And then I started to get more into the health side of things. Um you know, I've been on my own health journey as well. Like I was on, I had the Implanon for many years. Then I fell pregnant super quickly after coming off the Implanon. Um, but I also had lots of problems on the Implanon as well. Like I was like a walking zombie. I didn't have any emotions. I was just like, yeah, crazy. Um, so yeah, that kind of, I just started doing my own studying on the menstrual cycle and then one thing led to another. I just, um, I started doing courses, like health courses. Um, and that's how I got my integrative health practitioner certification. I got that through, um, it's actually called integrative health practitioner. And yep. it touched a little bit on the menstrual cycle, but it, it, it let me understand more of the other things 
going on in the body, like gut health and yeah. thyroid and things like that, which it has this downstream effect on the menstrual cycle. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much how I got stuck into it. And then I just got obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> I just find it fascinating that this thing that happens um, not once a month to a w- woman because it's not a one thing that happens. Mm. It's this, like, series of events that happens in a monthly cycle and I just find it fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, we haven't been taught this growing up as women. I think that that's the biggest thing of why we're doing this and, mm-hmm. like, why we do what we do is yep. because, you know, there is there is differences yep. between men and women. It's a huge difference and, mm-hmm. like, not everyone takes that difference into consideration. And, you know, as as young women, you know, I went through the same thing where it was like I had irregular cycles when I was really young and the first thing was to be put on the pill and that's I yep. guess a whole nother topic we can speak about. But um you know, which is actually masking yeah masking like what's actually yeah. going on rather than diving deeper into it, which you said, like looking at gut health and looking at uh thyroid and looking at nutrition and all these sorts of things. Yeah. So I guess what I kind of wanted to do was start like a little series mm-hmm. in the lead up to the course, just give everyone like a little bit of a, you know, what's going to be included because to be honest, like I don't think there's anything out there yep. like this. And like you said, you know, you did your health practitioner course and that's, you know, going into like the gut health and thyroid stuff. Um, but let's start with, I guess, like a brief overview, like what is actually happening? Yeah. Like what is actually happening per month? And this is for like, this can be for, you know, the general woman. It can also be for coaches, like coaches, guys, especially listening to this, you know, you haven't experienced a menstrual cycle. You, you have different hormone ratios to us. Um, this stuff is really important for your female clients um, and to understand and to know what's going on because, you know, we do require a different <laughs> approach. We totally do. A yeah. different approach, definitely. Um, and, you know, if you're not a coach, you can listen to this and it might help you with your girlfriend or your sister or your oh, mom. Yep. I've had so many guys reach out to me on Instagram saying, like, their girlfriends don't follow me, but they've been getting them to follow me because they're taking an interest in the menstrual cycle and like this is what happens to my girlfriend like my girlfriend's going through this so I've had so many cool. more conversations with guys around yeah. this lately now and it's yeah. it's it's nice like it's nice that the conversation is opening up yeah more now cuz yeah it has been yeah I think ignored for way too long like mm-hmm. this is this is like our bodies yeah and we don't even know what's going on like you know, I'm I'm also delving a little bit deeper into like neuroscience and the brain. And I'm like, all these things that I didn't understand about my brain or like, you know, my thinking, my emotions, mm-hmm. my reflexes, like this is the stuff that needs to be yeah. taught. And even that, like, again, we're different to men, the way we think, the way yes. we process things. Yes. So. Oh, we could have a whole yeah. <laughs> make that. Write it down. Like you guys tell us like what you want to hear about this stuff and we will go into it all of it mm-hmm. um but start with the basics yeah. so tell us what i guess is the main difference between women and men mm-hmm. and why mm-hmm. and what's sort of going on like monthly yeah. with these cycles and with these hormones yeah well i guess the main difference is the fluctuation of hormones you know men work on a 24-hour clock 
their hormones do, whereas women go on like a day-to-day -day basis. And I like to break up the menstrual cycle into four components. So we have the bleed, which is the period, menstruation, whatever you want to call it. We then have ovulation. We then have, uh, sorry, we have the bleed. We have the follicular phase. We have ovulation and then we have the luteal phase. And so I break it up into that four. Some people will say follicular phase and luteal phase. I feel like that's just been, it just, it's so much more complex than that. So I break it into the four. And um, yeah, in those four phases, there's a change of hormones happening. Um, you know, we have our bleed and our hormones are quite low um, leading into our bleed and then the first couple of days of our bleed. And then uh, we start to see a, um, a rise in estrogen in the follicular phase or just a couple of days, you know, depending on how long your bleed is, we start to see a rise in estrogen. And then ovulation. I think ovulation isn't talked about enough. And this really is the main event of what is happening in the menstrual cycle. And it is super important. And I think what both men and women don't understand is that it takes a lot to ovulate. It's, it gets impacted by a lot. Nutrition, stress, um, toxicity from you know, the environment or what you're putting on your body, um, gut health. It takes a lot of energy and a lot of things to be in balance to ovulate. And so that's what we should all be looking at, not the period as such, but more ovulation. Yeah. And so once ovulation has occurred and we get that spike of FSH and LH, we then get ovulation and then ovulation happens and it occurs and then we start to produce progesterone. We can go into more detail. I don't, I'm just kind of like yeah, dumbing no, it down here, but in the course, we'll definitely go into it a lot more. Yeah, yeah good overview. Um, yeah, so, um, but that ovulation is so important because without ovulation, we can't produce progesterone. Yep. And progesterone, the, the females that I'm dealing with, it's usually they're not ovulating and that's why they're running into all of these PMS symptoms. And so, yeah, we get this beautiful progesterone that comes through and we'll talk about that in the, um, in the course as well, the importance of progesterone. And then we go again. Yeah. We have a bleed and... Yeah, it's and just, that cycle continues. Like, yeah. I mean, not forever and ever, but like you know, for a woman in a certain period of yep. time of her life, you know, the reason being because we are responsible for reproduction. Yep. Like, we're responsible for the continuation of the human race. Yes, it's very important. Um, yeah, and you know, you were saying before you you spoke about FSH, LH, like follicular. Uh, sorry. Follicle-stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone, which are produced actually in the brain. Yep. So there is that connection between brain, reproductive organs, gut yep. health, um, all that, all those sorts of things. So, yeah, like you said, very, very complex. Yep. And the main event being ovulation rather than just that bleed because bleed. you can have – you can have a bleed without necessarily ovulating, without necessarily releasing an egg. But if you don't release an egg, then you're infertile. And, you know, these hormones that we're sort of talking about, they don't just have an impact on our reproductive health. Yeah. Like you said, you know, we're going to go into a lot more detail about progesterone, estrogen and their roles, yeah. not necessarily just in reproductive health. 
but in overall health, overall health and vitality mm-hmm. of the body yeah. and of women. Yeah. And, and yeah. yeah, definitely. And just, it's so much more than repro- like reproducing. We need these hormones in our earlier years, like in our prime reproductive years for so many other things. And um, that's where we're running into implications when women are putting being put on the pill or some sort of contraceptive device whether it be the implant or the IUD or something like that because it's shutting down ovulation it's suppressing these hormones it's suppressing FSH LH so um yeah do you find you know the majority of women that come to you or do you find that there are more women these days suffering from issues with menstrual cycle dysfunction yeah uh, I, I guess I can't comment because, well, I can comment, but <laughs> I guess I'm only exposed to people who are coming to me because they've either have some sort of dysfunction like PCOS or endometriosis or something like that. And they're coming to me wanting more answers. You know, they've gone to the doctors and they've potentially been told to go on the pill to fix these symptoms. However, these symptoms are just masking them. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely seeing a lot more a lot more women looking for more answers. There is definitely a rise in these menstrual cycle dysfunctions. Yeah. And there's a rise in stress in everyone's life. Like I feel like that alone can impact the menstrual cycle. Um, you know, the nutrition that people are what we eat um plays a massive role in that and mm. Being in the health and fitness industry, as you I was know, going to go into that. Yeah, yeah, dieting is a big one, and people competing and or not competing and just dieting or being on these super low calories for a long period of time, we start to run into menstrual cycle dysfunction, yeah. and I I see that a lot because, yeah, yeah, I guess um, you know it's kind of hard to say because like mainstream media was probably where a lot of people sort of saw these things you know the super skinny models they wanted to look like that so you know going on low carb diets and Mm. you know restricting calories um so potentially we might not have known that there were so many or that a lot of people were experiencing these problems you know especially if they did have some sort of subclinical disorder where they were still menstruating but not necessarily ovulating Um, and then, you know, the rise of social media lately and, and having access to so many different people, not just sort of in our own community, but all over the world now are exposed to, you know, a lot of, you know, beautiful people and those beautiful people are, um, you know, they do have big followings because people, mm-hmm. you know, want to follow people who are aesthetically pleasing. And, you know, I think definitely like <coughs> the, the whole competing thing is like a big thing. I, I had a uh, conversation with a client just recently and they said to me, you know, we had a, um, we she's going through my mentorship at the moment, we had a, a, heart, a midway check-in where we start, we do go through like a dieting phase, but, yep. you know, I make sure that dieting phase is slow and healthy um, to mitigate any sort of negative effects. And I said, so what's your uh, goal over the next three months? She was like, oh yeah, I wanna go into a cut and um, you know potentially compete next year. And I said, first thing was like, why do you wanna compete? Yep. I was like, you know, you've never competed before. I was like, 
do you see yourself competing? Do you like? Do you have that? Um, I guess that desire to step on stage. Are you doing it for you? Are you doing it for someone else? Mm-hmm. Like, why do you want to compete? Yeah. And is it is it the outcome that you're after? She's like, yeah, like I wanna I wanna have the goal for um you know stepping on stage and like get, like you know getting lean and getting shredded. Yeah. And I was like, you don't need to step on stage to get to lean. Get, yeah. Like you don't have to stand up there and compete against someone else in a competition that is based subjectively on aesthetics to be able to, you know, get lean. For one day of... Exactly. (laughs) And do it in a way that, you know, a lot of people don't do it in a healthy way. I was like, do a photo shoot. Like this is what, you know, we said when we went through it. It's like you compare yourself to you. You compare yourself to where you were, Um, you know... I just want to do just like a quick side note. Like, Faye, when you went through your cut, you did it so effortlessly and so easily and you've been able to maintain it. And the reason was because you'd eaten at maintenance for a very long time. For a very long time. (laughs) And you strength trained and you built some serious muscle. Whereas, like, I feel, you know, people are jumping into, you know, from one to the other where it's like jump into – a diet and then oh wait no I want to build some muscle yep. oh wait no I want to you got to earn the right to diet and mm. you got to spend more time at maintenance than at dieting like mm. yeah I see it a lot and um I'm pick- <laughs> I hate to say it but I'm picking up the pieces of coaches that aren't that are putting females on low calories for a long amount of time or this person has done coaching and done a dieting phase and then pulled the pin with their coach and then left to their own devices when really we should be focusing on after the diet phase. Like that is the most important part. Are you willing to put some weight back on after that dieting phase? Because you need to, you Mm. need, there's going to be some weight gain after that dieting phase. Um, so, and stepping on stage is a whole nother ball game. So, yeah. 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 And so when we got down to the nitty gritty of it, it was like the reason wasn't because she wanted to compete because she had the desire to compete. Like, you know, I'm not dissing competing at no, all. No. Like it takes a lot of, uh, discipline. It takes like, it takes a lot to yep. do that. Um, and you, you, you know, any sort of athlete, any athlete, like you have to, you have to put in the work and you have to sacrifice some things and you have to sacrifice health and yep, sometimes. Definitely. And, you know, a lot of the time, if you look at, you know, people who compete in other types of sports, like we could go to team sports, you know, as a physio, I know that they are competing. Like if they're in season, they have injuries that they're carrying. Yeah, definitely. Because they're putting their body under so and much stress. taking things to handle those um, injuries as well, like whether it be painkillers or, you know, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. Like when you put your body under those extreme conditions, like there will be breakdowns yep. like somewhere um, because, you know, you're going to those extreme levels. And, you know, some people go to even more extreme levels and they're taking – yeah, like you said, like painkillers, maybe – And the rest. Substance. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, I, I'm being very um, – <laughs> I know where you're going with that now. So Painkillers. Like, yeah. yeah. But there's a, yeah, there's a lot more to it. Yeah. And, and, and your body, like, you know, putting yourself, you know, taking exogenous substances as well, like, and, 
I guess, being able to push maybe a little bit harder Mm -hmm. or to push beyond, you know, what your body may do without them, you know, that is also going to, there are going to be consequences to that because your body isn't adapted. Your body takes time Mm -hmm. to adapt Mm -hmm. to certain things. And, you know, like it's going to take time to, you know, adapt in a deficit or it's going to take time to adapt to a reverse or something like that. So... Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess they, there is like a short-term focus mm-hmm. for a lot of things when you sort of get, you know, in this this society of like instant gratification, we are, you know, wanting those quick fixes and wanting uh, quick results, whereas like we need to think about longevity of health. Like, okay, you know, a, um, let's say 17, 18, 20-year-old, girl not necessarily thinking about fertility and reproduction and giving birth and pregnancy Mm -hmm. right now oh Um, I think back when I was that age mm. I feel old now but um look back I didn't want a period it was a hindrance like if I lost my period it would be like or I didn't get my period it'd be like hell yes I don't have my period this month like but I didn't know what I know now and so yeah 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 and so like but like you know yeah you might not want that at 20 but like you know maybe when you're 30 35 40 you Mm -hmm. do and it it takes time like I Mm -hmm. I know personally competitors um who are like I don't want to say like older but they're you know around 35 and they do want to have children now and you know it is proving difficult too because they didn't start earlier to try and get that back and you know, not even just thinking about that. Like I said before, like it is health. Mm-hmm. Like it is um, brain health. Like yep. progesterone's effect on brain health is a neuroprotective effect. It's going to, um, you know, help prevent the onset of, you know, dementia and Alzheimer's, which might not come till yep. you're like 60, 70, 80. But then that's that's a huge burden, not just on yourself, but also on your family. Mm-hmm as well and like the future generations of your family so like thinking ahead yeah definitely that far is is really important too i do feel like there is a shift in the industry like there is a shift but there still needs to be a bigger shift on the health aspect of after competing like Mm. or what are we doing to support the competitor through that dieting phase like we've spoken about before like you're gonna need to take supplementation you're gonna have to you know, do certain things in that dieting phase when your cows are low. And then afterwards, what are you doing to get your health back on track? Because mm. that should be the goal after competing, I personally think, is, is health. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't have anything against competing. Like, yeah. um, you know, I um, I admire that. Yeah, it's yeah. a sport. I mean, God, I'm even like considering doing a show um, just to I, mine's more educational that I just like to put myself through these things to understand yeah. uh, what lengths you need to go through and what I have to do to, you know, get my health back on track. But yeah. yeah um, but like you look at any athlete, like you look at an endurance athlete, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's, it's pushing your body. It's seeing what the human body can mm-hmm. actually do, which in itself is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we said, yeah, just getting back getting yeah. back to health yeah. after that and making sure you're doing your things because, you know, you do some, like, you know, anything in life sort of like ebbs and flows and things do take precedence. Um, you know, you might be 
working crazy hours because you've got a big project coming up or something like that so then you know Mm. your health takes a hit or you know family life relationships something else takes a hit like there's Mm -hmm. never this complete balance but you know to be able to you know you know live an interesting life and like experiment and like do all these things yeah there are going to be sacrifices that have to be made but then it's just it's shifting that balance sort of like back Mm -hmm. to equilibrium yeah sort of in between yeah definitely yeah um i had something else that i wanted to discuss but now i've forgotten um yeah i guess um so when you're looking at people who have menstrual cycle dysfunctions Mm -hmm. what are i mean we could discuss like we can make this a completely new episode where we touch on like PCOS and endometriosis we'll do a whole mm-hmm. a whole I think other discussion on that um, but the basics you know that we were sort of talking about before is going to be your nutrition mm-hmm. um, managing your training loads um, so not just smashing your clients or yourself in the gym uh, constantly like yep. you know programming is really important and making sure you're managing those training loads with um, or like the stress from training with mm-hmm. like the stress from dieting yep. or where the nutrition is with like life stresses mm-hmm. as well because they all kind of compound into stress on the body. I guess, can you run us through a little bit about like cortisol and how stress sort of impacts mm-hmm. all of those? Yep. So <clears throat> stress will impact ovulation the most. Um, so... Stress being training, nutrition, it, it can be anything like COVID, take for yeah. example, like COVID lockdown. I have clients that are living in Melbourne and Sydney and just being in lockdown has impacted their menstrual cycle from stress. Yeah. So um, stress is like anything that throws the body out of equilibrium. Yeah, yeah, we, definitely. We try to maintain like a, a – an internal state of homeostasis Mm -hmm. of like this you know nice equilibrium so yeah yeah and so when we are in a stressed state the first thing or one of the first things that will shut down is um is our reproductive system so um you know we need a spike in um, luteinizing hormone to be able to ovulate and that's the most sensitive hormone that that, that's the hormone that will get impacted the most when going through our menstrual cycle and so how do we support uh, our stress well that can look like lots of different things so it could be breath work it could be journaling it could be um, eating more nutrient-dense foods it could be um, taking a supplement to help with luteinizing hormones. So Vitex is a is a good supplement to help with. Um, and I, I don't recommend everyone go out and buy Vitex, yeah. <laughs> but it's a supplement. Disclaimer. Yeah, it's a supplement that can help um, increase LH. So looking at all these different aspects of um, of stress management and um, but also, like, if you have a cycle that you m- miss ovulation, um, one cycle is not going to hurt. Like, I probably go through two cycle, two cycles a year where I don't ovulate, and it's just 
It's just the way it is. Like we're not expected to ovulate every single cycle. But if you are having an an ovulatory cycle consistently, that's a bit of an issue. Um, But yeah, if if it's nutrient deficiency that is um, that is causing you know not ovulating, then I would definitely get blood work done because we need things like B vitamins, we need things like magnesium, zinc. If we are low in those nutrients, then that will heavily impact um, ovulation and also the way that the body deals with stress as well. So um, I would definitely, does that answer your question? So Yeah, yeah. 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 We'll, I kind yeah, of went we'll off track of, there, but. No, um, I, I always do it and then it's like, <laughs> what was I saying? Like just before. <laughs> But that actually brings me to a point that I think maybe that's what I was going to say is, you know, we, you know, you had your blood work done before you went into that mm-hmm. dieting phase. And that's probably something that, you know, a lot of competitors might not even think mm-hmm. about before they go into, you know, into a cut or into a dieting phase. It's just seeing where you are yep. now so you know where you're able to sort of get back mm-hmm. into. And, and if you're even in a good place. Yeah, it was like, well, another AWPT mentor that was thinking about competing Mm. and we got her blood work done and we had a look and we're like, you're actually not in a great position at the moment to go through a dieting phase. So we we kept her in a, well, you kept her at maintenance and now her cycle is regular. Like she messaged me the other day and she's like, I've had five cycles in a row that's under 35 days so yeah and she's going through a dieting phase you know she spent all that time um at maintenance and she earned the right to go into a dieting phase and she's still got a consistent cycle so um yeah i i highly recommend people doing blood work um, before going into a dieting phase um because if you have thyroid issues or you know menstrual cycle any menstrual cycle dysfunction where there's a loss of um ovulation or loss of menstrual cycle then you're probably not in a great position to go into a dieting phase and you're going to cause more harm um so yeah yeah and that brings me yeah that reminds me of another point that i was going to say is like the reason that the reproductive organs shut down is because number one it doesn't feel like it's a safe environment to reproduce Mm -hmm. to you know build grow whatever create a baby you know human life form is really taxing on the body like it takes a lot of energy to grow a human to grow a person um and it's also not necessary for survival so if you are you don't have enough energy availability you know it's going to stop that which is going to take a lot of energy rather than you know take away energy from other vital organs Mm -hmm. so you know that being your brain function you know your heart your kidneys your liver all your vital organs which are essential to survival you know um you know reproduction is not you know you'll you'll start to notice other things you'll notice you know brittle nails um you know you know brittle hair Hair, what else like skin saggy skin yeah as in as far as like not ovulating or not having a yeah Yeah, so um signs of like low energy yeah not recovering from training like pulling up sore all the time that's i mean people chasing this soreness it's Mm. you know it's a sign that you're not recovering um if you are pulling up sore um not getting you know plateauing in the gym like that's another sign that potentially you either 
need more food or you know that yeah there's lots of different signs skin health acne that kind of stuff yeah. so yeah yeah decreased performance in the gym that's a big yeah. one how about mental health yeah mental health is a big one because if we aren't producing both estrogen and progesterone which have a, a beautiful impact on our emotional well-being um, then you'll definitely you can definitely get impacted emotionally and and men your mental health can get impacted um so you know when we have that beautiful spike of estrogen we're in that go you know that i call it the masculine phase of our cycle because we are more um go you know go get them put your foot on the gas um you can you know, push a little harder in the gym, you can push a little harder in life, socialize more, you can take on more in that first half of your phase. But if your estrogen's low, then you may feel like you're tired all the time. Um, and you don't, you know, you can't push that little bit harder, or you feel fatigued all the time, or you are plateauing in the gym, because we know that we need estrogen to, you know, create lean muscle mass, that kind of stuff. So, um, and it's really good for recovery as well. And then progesterone on the other side is where it's a very calming hormone. Um, it's a very, it has a calming effect on the body, the brain. Um, and so if we're not, if we've got this imbalance and we're more estrogen dominance, then we're more susceptible to things like anxiety and depression um, and, you know, severe mood swings. So these two hormones, like mm. they, the, the progesterone is the balancer and the estrogen is the driver. This is the masculine, the estrogen, yeah. the progesterone is the feminine. So I, I like to talk about that a lot um, with women because it's, it's, it's almost like a visual as well. Yeah. Um, you know, put your foot on the gas in that first half, in that follicular phase, and then, you know, put your foot on the brake a little bit more in that um, luteal phase so yeah that's definitely that's definitely going to be another another conversation another another topic another podcast topic because we could spend like another what half an hour 40 <laughs> minutes on like the training side of things so I think um, yeah I think that was a really good introduction is there anything else you want to add yeah um, I think that was like an introduction to the menstrual cycle we dive into so much and more in the course yep. um like we literally just touched on the menstrual cycle and what's happening but yeah there's so much more to it like the gut health um the changes in a woman's life that we're gonna um talk about you know we haven't even spoken about perimenopause and yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff so yeah no. I'm, I'm pumped yeah no <laughs> episode one um i think yeah we'll definitely do like a topic just completely dedicated to training to the nutrition mm -hmm. to the gut health um to perimenopause and different phases of life mm -hmm. but if there's anything else you guys want to particularly hear or you have any questions maybe we'll do a q a yeah. as well um either yeah pop them in the comments you know message us on instagram you can find faye at at faye sheridan she also has her business page which is Cycle sisters, yeah. Um, underscore, underscore cycle sisters, yep. yep. Underscore cycle sisters. So, yep. She educates, you know, a lot of general population women over there, which is absolutely amazing. So heaps of educational information, and we'll also bring you some more, you know, little bits and snippets um, before the release of the course in October, November. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> uh, once it's all sort of filmed, we've still yeah. got uh, two modules to left to film. Yeah. Um,
takes a lot more time than you think to do it these does <laughs> but yeah let us know what else you guys want to hear let us know if you liked the episode um looking to you know just educate like we said this stuff is like you know this is stuff that we should be i reckon taught in school taught in mm-hmm. sex ed that we're just not um another another thing that um you know that we also don't know about is like the whole pregnancy thing like training during pregnancy you know pelvic floor like I deal with so many women who are um, just not told like what they can be doing during Mm -hmm. pregnancy they're unsure about how much exercise they can be doing the Um, fear even around it as well I think there's a lot of fear mongering around training well, I mean, pregnancy. it comes down to, again, like what a, what we were talking about is just the education because, mm-hmm. you know, previously, you know, there, you know, we were really cautious mm-hmm. around the stuff, you know, menstrual cycle stuff was kind of taboo yep. as well. Um, I don't necessarily know why, do you? Why it was so taboo? I just think it's... It's, it's like it was dirty. It was dirty, like, yeah. It's but it's shit. so natural. Yeah. Like so natural, so... Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why it was taboo, but it's it's you know something that we're we're opening the conversation about, and you know there is going to be a lot required because you know looking at you know um, pregnancy, you know the history of like all the stuff during pregnancy, there is a lot of information and studies because um, I guess that's sort of more my realm is like you know the women's health physio stuff is like there are so many studies that were conducted. 20 years ago 15 mm-hmm. 20 years ago and it's not common knowledge now yeah and it's it's because of the training that you've kind of gone through mm-hmm. as well like you know a lot of gps will have gone through old school training where mm-hmm. s- prescribing the pill for example is the treatment for mm-hmm. menstrual cycle dysfunction whereas you know now we know that that's just a mask that's just yeah, a band-aid band-aid. it's like what panadol does when you have pain it masks the pain it doesn't fix the side of the problem yeah um so you know that's why we're here so um and that's why you guys are here as well like you know really excited for what's coming, coming and to yeah. start opening this discussion and for you guys as coaches to also start opening the discussion uh with your clients um, you know, in in their training, you know, it is mm-hmm. something that which we'll teach you how to do in the course as well. We will, yeah, we will do that, um, yeah, and future podcasts. So stay tuned. Um, would absolutely love if you guys, you know, like, share, rate us, um, anything to get the rating up so that we can get more exposure and get this out to more people. You're just going to help so many more clients. You're going to help so many more people, um, and you know, it'll put you above those coaches who just you know aren't educating themselves or you know those coaches who you know maybe they are making a lot of money because they're you know they get the results for their clients but maybe not necessarily in a healthy way Mm -hmm. and then you know you might be left picking up the pieces um so yeah yeah thanks thanks for joining us guys thanks for joining us Faye well you'll see her face a lot more around the place (laughs) around the the AWPT virtual headquarters we just made that up but um, I like it yeah thanks for joining guys (laughs) thanks thank you speak soon see ya